0: You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is the Rob Carson Show.
1: Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. As I am a conundrum, whether to take the testosterone test that I got in the mail and do testosterone replacement theory. Uh, or therapy, I should say, or uh, become a uh, woman of the year, uh, one or the other. I think right now, I'm not sure where my testosterone level is. It's not where it used to be. Maybe I'm at the same level as uh, Caitlyn Jenner. I'm not sure. But uh, surely, if I couldn't win a uh, uh, Marconi, I could win a Gracie, which is the radio equivalent of that. That's one of the things that we're... (laughs) talking about this morning and uh, and i've got about a few other things going uh we are also asking you this what do you like about the show what can we do better what do you want more of i uh, love to hear your thoughts at 800-922-6680 this is dan abrams from abc questioning alvin bragg's case against donald trump by the way the grand jury back in session today in new york
2: they're kind of jerry-rigging it to some degree and, and the reason that that's novel and it's difficult it hasn't been quite done exactly talking about
1: using uh, uh, a charge that's passed its uh, uh, statute of limitations and uh, and tying it into a federal crime to create a crime to go after Donald Trump
2: this way before but there's also another factor here, what? which is this isn't just a misdemeanor case that they're trying to get into a felony. What is it? It's also a seven year old case. Oh, yeah. It's also a case <laughs> that two other sets of prosecutors, the previous DA and the federal prosecutors, decided not to move forward with. Huh. So, you know, when people say to me sometimes, well, if this had been me, I would have been prosecuted for sure. My nah. response is if this had been you, I don't know that seven years later they would have revisited this misdemeanor and tried to turn it into a felony.
1: And by the way, the people asking that question, uh, they know the answer. This is new from Paul Shanklin about Alvin Bragg. Hey, 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 it's
3: that Alvin and I'm going to make a charge for you and claim some things that are untrue. <laughs> Alvin Bragg, that's my name. I have no shame. We'll have a good time as we try to railroad drum Before I'm kicked out on the big, fat rock. <laughs> lies, lies, lies. Gonna tell some big lies. Hey, hey, hey. Lies, lies, lies. lies gonna tell some big lies. My name's Fat Alvin, and I said, kill the street. <laughs> I'm the worst DA in the Real, real. I'm feeling big time. Hey, hey, hey. Trump, Trump, Trump's got me sweating big time.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is uh, new from Jim Gossett. Uh, yeah, Fat Alvin. That's body shaming. Oh, whatever. I got to lose some weight, too. Get over it. Let's go to Cla- Claude in Arbutus, Maryland. Claude, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? All right, let's go to Greg in Eldersburg, Maryland. Greg, welcome to the Rob Carson Show.
4: Hey, welcome, Rob. Glad to be here. Yes, I sir. want to answer answer your two questions. Yeah. Uh, the first, um, I agree with um, a couple of your callers about. I think the next ticket for the Republicans is going to be Trump and DeSantis. Mm-hmm. And with that, I want to say that you know, you know the reason I'm calling hopefully to get through some thick heads out there that one, if you're a, if you're a conservative, and I'm not talking about right wing conservative, I'm just talking yeah. about someone with conservative values, and two. You're patriotic and you love this country, yeah. and that we can talk about that for days. Yeah. You know, Trump is the guy. I don't really like what Trump, the way he presents himself. Let me yeah, let yeah. me couch it like this: You're going to the hospital with an operation, and it's an emergency operation because you're saving your life, and we're trying to save this country because we, I feel, as a lot of people I know feel, we're kind of at war. Mm-hmm. You go to the hospital, and the doctor say, "We got two guys that are going to operate on you. One guy who." Knows what he's doing, but he's not top rated, or we yeah. don't know really what, what he's going to do. But we've got this other guy, we know he's good, but we just, he doesn't have a good bedside manner. So which yes. one do you want? Yeah. Well, who do you think these people are going to choose,
1: right? Well, let me ask you this, uh, because, you know, uh, Donald Trump is known for being very terse. He's, he's from New York, all right? He's a New Yorker. New Yorkers are, are different than Midwesterners. But I'm going to ask you this. If for seven years you've been persecuted, if for seven years you've been called a white supremacist, even though you've never been a white supremacist, being called a, uh, an anti Semite in the, your entire life you've been working with Jewish people in the heart of New York City, uh, among other right. things, don't you suppose you'd be a little terse after a while?
4: Oh, absolutely. And also, you know, <laughs> Trump's benevolence. You know, you don't really hear the stories about how he, without uh, notoriety, has given things to people and have raised them from the depths. You know, you know, people are sheep. And it's really starting to piss me off that, you know, for the last several years, or you can say since uh, whatever, Biden or whatever, is in office, you know, people just don't seem to see what's happening here. I mean, this, this new, uh, as you know, Rob, this new uh, – CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency,
1: is serious, serious stuff. I know it is. Well, it is very serious because you look at what happened in Canada with the trucker strike. You know what they did? You know what they they, they took their money away. They took the truckers' exactly. money away. They got into their bank accounts. They want to do that here. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, I don't care who you think you're going to vote for or whatever. You, if you do not think that we are on a dangerous road toward a Maoist revolution that will turn the country into something you don't want to live in, you better uh, wake up because it's going on right now and it has been going on for a couple of years. So that I'm right. not going to dispute. You can decide whether you want to do the Sanders or not, but I'm going to say no matter who you vote for, top of the mind better be saving the damn country.
4: Exactly. And the whole thing gets back to what I said, Rob, about people being cheap. Yep. All you got to do is research this. You know, that's all I've ever done you know, just research and find out what's going on. Besides Canada, there's a lot of other countries. China is one good example. Other ones. And this is this whole global initiative that's mm-hmm. behind, behind Obama. And this is who's running this country. It's not that I don't want to degrade the presidency, but it's not that guy that's in there now. He's a joke. He's a narcissistic face. That's all he is.
1: Well, you know, if you if you look at the uh, 72% of us believe the country is going in the wrong direction. A good share of us wake every day with a knot in their stomach wondering how we're going to be debased more. How we're going to descend more. Right now, we had literally two weeks ago the, the biggest bank failures. The second and third largest bank failure in American history. And there was no thought to giving the people in those banks with their to securing their deposits above $250,000, which is guaranteed by the FDIC. Many Many of those are democrat donors and many of them are chinese nationals right
4: and they're giving them all their funds not just a 250 And that's what ticks me off you think biden's going to give me what i've lost in the stock market no so these no. venture capitalists that were in the svb <laughs> my tax money as well as everybody listening to you are paying for that and yeah. that gets back to my last point is that uh You know, they've got to look at who's really running. I just mentioned this a second ago. Who's running this country? All this stuff that's been happening over the last couple years, if not 10, 15 years, has been planned. And there's a subversive group, and you probably know as well as I do who it is.
1: Well, yeah, Uh, Barack Obama said in 2008 he wanted to fundamentally transform America. You don't fundamentally transform things that you love. Listen, i got to run. Thanks for the phone call. And and here's another thing real quick. Uh, Mark Simone is a morning show host of WOR in New York City. He is uh, New York City. He's the mayor of New York on the air. He's an outstanding personality, very well connected uh, in New York, and does a great show. And here he is talking about Ron DeSantis, and and that's why I kind of doubt the Axios poll that DeSantis is pulling away. I don't believe that's happening. And and I'm going to tell you something. DeSantis is going to have to uh, show that he is not an establishment candidate. That's going to be a major challenge because right now there's some blowback coming from people who support Trump with regard to, uh, for, say, for instance, having, uh, having uh, Jeb Bush on stage with DeSantis in a speech. Why would you do that unless you are uh, down with, the bush wing of the republican party which is the romney wing of the republican party which is the mcconnell wing of the republican party and all of that here is uh, the very great uh, mark simone
5: he's not great as far as campaign skills he may get there but he doesn't have them mm-hmm. yet uh and was I, I, running his campaign The Bushes are all tangled up with him. Uh, Bush, that can raise him a billion dollars and get him all kinds of money. Jeb Bush. Bush. Jeb Bush. George Bush. Yeah, they're great. Karl Rove involved. Karl Rove Rove is involved. I assume he'll be the coach on the field. I think he is. But do you know that he's been advising DeSantis? He's been advising. All
1: right, now if that is true, then Ron DeSantis is going to be in a lot of trouble. Because there's no room, I mean, I, I would believe that, that the Mitt Romney wing of the party, the, uh, the uh, Paul Ryan wing of the party, is very small right now. Uh, they are represented by Rhonda McDaniel, the RNC head, who, by the way, was elected against the will of Republican voters. 85% of Republican voters said they wanted somebody other than Ron McDaniel. The RNC did a little uh, luxurious spa weekend, and they voted her back into power. So I would venture to say, and this is just as an observer here, that if uh, the RNC puts its uh, elbow on the scale for DeSantis, a whole lot of Trump voters are going to say, screw you, we'll start our own party. I, I, you know, I'm just saying, that's that's what I'm hearing. Uh, we'll see, but but your calls are welcome. Let's uh, let's let's get to some of this Trump audio. This is uh, Donald Trump this weekend in Waco, a massive rally, uh, of course featured on uh, Newsmax Television, back on DirecTV. Justice will only be done when we have thrown this repulsive political
6: class the hell out of office. We have to get them out. <laughs>
1: This is what I mean by how he changed the party. This is number one on the mind of about 80 million voters. 2016, I declared
6: I am your voice. And now I say to you again tonight, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And I took a lot of heat for this one, but I only mean it in the proper way. For those who have been wronged and betrayed, of which there are many people out there that have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. We will take care of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: We will take care of it. Now, I would venture to say that a lot of, uh, say, for instance, parents whose children are suffering from shrapnel of idiotic lockdowns and the COVID nonsense that the country went through, I would say that they want retribution. And they want it in the form of finding out who directed all this bs and and they want those people to be held accountable for it that's one of the many things that uh, that people want supposed retribution over here is uh, donald trump about uh, turning over all of the corruption in the uh, in the swamp so what we have to do is swamp them this time the one thing that w- that really does prevail and
6: i heard all of your different speakers talking about what to do we used to like to hold out on Tuesday till Tuesday, and everybody goes in and votes, and then in some cases you go in and vote and the machines are all broken.
1: That's what they do to you. That's what they did to This is another thing that that Republicans are going to have to focus on, is making sure that the vote is fair. Making sure that we have no more of this nonsense.
6: We're special people. You know that. We had a state in a certain state. Everybody was so proud. Republicans like to vote on Tuesday. They went in and the machines, a lot of the machines were broken. Yeah, so did. they had to stand in line for 10 hours and more, and actually many of them never got to vote. Yeah. That's what they do. They always seem to find an answer. It's what they're good at. They're good at stealing, lying. They're good at keeping borders open. They're good at no voter ID. Why don't they want voter ID? Think of it. You know, 88% of the Democrats want voter ID, but not the leadership.
1: There's only one reason you don't want voter ID, because you want to cheat on elections. There you go. And you know what? One of the reasons why I say, uh, why do I think that COVID came from the Wuhan lab? Because I'm not stupid. Why do I think that the FBI was, tried to throw the election in 2016 and 2020 they did? Because I'm not stupid. And the American people aren't stupid on all of the things that i've just said the american people either know that what's coming from the government is a lie or they suspect it and want it changed let's take a break and come back this is the rob carson show
0: what you do in your bedroom is your business what you do to our country is ours it's the rob carson show
1: Coming up, Kelly Sadler, commentary editor for the Washington Times, also a, a Newsmax contributor, talking about the uh, the news of the day, among other things. Did you hear about this? A pickle factory has gone up in flames the day after a deadly chocolate factory explosion. Pickle factory in New Jersey destroyed in a fire Saturday morning. All through threatened two nearby schools. And then in uh, West Reading, Pennsylvania, you see the chocolate factory uh, and by the way, I mean a terrible incidence, and we hope the best for the the friends and family. Uh, it makes you kind of wonder, though, a chocolate and then a pickle factory. If maybe this is the you know the Democrats' uh, response to uh, you know more women be you know uh, keeping their uh, pregnancies going. Okay, maybe a stretch. <laughs> maybe a stretch. If I was going to do a Tucker Carlson uh, kind of uh, uh, you know conspiracy theory about whatever, but. Uh Anyway, a pickle, a pickle factory and then a chocolate factory before that. And uh, if an ice cream factory uh, happens next, then I'll know there's something to it. But uh, uh, coming up, we're going to talk about um, TikTok why it's important we get rid of it. Also, a, a trans woman left sobbing at JFK Airport when uh, two a TSA agent apparently hit her in the testicle, hit her <clears throat> in the testicles. So, there's that. Welcome to uh, Life in 2023. Let's go to George in Towson, Maryland. Hello, George. Welcome hey, to the show. What's on your mind today, bud?
7: Hey, Rob. Good show. Thank you, bud. Um, I'm going to talk about DeSantis real quick. I'm an ex-Democrat yeah. from 30 years ago. I voted for Carter and I voted for Clinton the first time, but I'm a, a walkaway. I'm an original walkaway member, actually. Yeah. Um, DeSantis is my number one governor in the country. He's the, he's the top dog because, like Trump, he can say no to things. That's why I love the guy. We say yes to everything. We're done. The top ten worst governors in this country are all Democrats. Your Whitmers, your Murphys, your Wolfs, who's gone now, but who knows what the next nut's going to do. We had Larry Hogan here in Maryland, as you know. Oh. He's a Democrat. Yeah. He's worse. I mean, a rhino's worse than a Democrat because you don't know what they are. Exactly. So DeSantis should sit this one out. And wait, because there are too many goofy Democrats who are moving to Florida, and they're going to try to flip that state. And once Florida flips, and if Texas flips, it's all over for this country. It is done.
1: Yeah, uh, You know, I, I just think, and, and I know this, I, I know it in my heart, that if there's any push by the RNC for DeSantis, and if there's more uncovered about DeSantis' ties to uh, the Bushes, Karl Rove, etc., uh, it'll split the party. It'll split the party going into the election. If they if they combine their efforts, if Desantis sits out, or uh, I don't think it's going to be possible that Desantis could get on the ticket with Trump because Trump would have to move residency, all of that stuff. That would be unstoppable. But I think sooner or later they're going to have to come together in some way, shape, or form. And to me, that best solution bet let Trump run, Desantis sit out, throw his support behind Trump. I you know I don't know. I'm just throwing things out here because I one thing on top that. of the mind: if 72 percent people think the country's going in the wrong direction.
7: I'm in that group.
1: Yeah, then, then we've got to come together. I, I got to tell you, and let me ask you this, do you think that Trump has more crossover appeal or DeSantis because Trump got more black voters than ever, more Hispanic voters than ever. Uh, DeSantis got more you know Hispanics in Florida. who would have the more crossover appeal?
7: I would I would say Trump, but as far as black voters go, unless you want to be a, a movie star or a criminal, or a rapper, if you want to do that, you should be voting for Democrats. If you want to be an American citizen and you care about your family and the future and your freedom, you better be voting Republican. Simple right. as that.
1: Thanks for the call, bro. Appreciate it. And I'm going to also mention that uh, if you're going to vote for uh, for Joe Biden, it, look at the schools in Baltimore. Look at the schools in Chicago. Look at the schools in Illinois. Look at the schools in California. You want more of that? And apparently, by by uh, uh, being against the Parents' Bill of Rights, uh, Democrats are completely fine with getting money from unions, giving money to unions, and to hell with the kids. Let's go to Gene in Baltimore. Gene, you got a minute, man? Go right ahead
8: yeah, it is Alvin Bragg, I don't know how anybody can trust
4: this guy with any type of any type of law that he's got to bring through. And um, that uh, the trans woman uh, what did she go to a man or she went from a man to a woman?
1: Yeah, uh, it was a uh, went from a man to a woman uh, is a woman with testicles.
4: Yeah, I mean, what if they start to the draft? Does she want to be a woman again or a guy again or whatever?
1: <laughs> who knows, no man? Who who knows? Honestly, who knows? Uh, but don't be surprised if you are in every way, shape, or form attempting to be a woman. Your look, the surgery, the whole deal. And a TSA agent is doing a pat-down, discovers uh, you have your twigs and berries, and is a little freaked out by it. I mean, I think we all remember how we felt it during the crying game at the end of that movie. I think it wasn't homophobic. It was just, wow, not what I expected. And so you can't blame the guy. At the TSA, you got this... Uh, attractive woman and you're doing the pat down or whatever the scan and you see that and you get that reaction is it a big surprise all right we'll get to that and uh, and more on the way kelly sadler commentator effort for the washington times let's get her take on everything that is coming up this is the rob carson show hey guys it's carson biden's america is crushing us You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one day after another. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hard. Families to the brink. Hell, just look at the price of eggs. And the digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it. I know it. And that's why I partnered with the great company Goldco, so you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They are six-time Inc. 500 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews and have helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last, only if you call them today. Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin, so don't wait. Call 855-735-3740. 855-735-3740. That's 855 735
0: 3740. Sleepy Joe. Joe Biden's been asleep for years. This has to be a wake up call and shine a bright spotlight on anything like this behavior anywhere. It's the Rob Carson Show.
6: And 2024 is the final battle. That's going to be the big one. If you put me back in the White House. Their reign will be over, and America will be a free nation once again.
1: That is uh, Donald Trump this weekend on uh, Newsmax in uh, Waco, Texas, uh, home of Chip and Joanna Gaines, by the way. For those of you who are saying, oh, Trump was there because of David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. No, no, Waco's just a great town. And if you think that Donald Trump is somehow uh, you know white supremacist because he had his rally there, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines live there. Thought you should know. Yeah. Kelly Sadler uh, joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. She is a commentary editor for the Washington Times, which I love. Also a Newsmax contributor. Good afternoon, Kelly. How are you today?
9: Good afternoon, Rob, and I did not know that about Chip and Joanna Gaines.
1: You didn't Thanks Wait, wait, wait. Much
9: for Sharon.
1: I want to tell you this, uh, Kelly. Do you watch HGTV at all?
9: Well, I mean, I did for a while, and then I got off it. You know, you have, you have hot things, and then they go, to you know, slower. And so yeah. I do love Chip and Joanna Gaines, and I love the flips they do of all the houses. But I didn't know that that's where they actually live.
1: Well, my, my wife makes me watch uh, HGTV every night ad nauseum. So I know everything about them and the Property Brothers, Kelly. And by the way, my wife's name is Kelly. I have a soft spot for Kellys. People who are Kellys are always really good people. There are no serial killers named Kelly. I just want to put that Let's out there. Not. Let's hope not. Let's hope uh, not. I think it's not. great. Unless you're hiding something from us. Would you like to disclose? Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. What do you think? I-, I want to talk a little bit about the Trump rally this week and reaction to it. And then also, uh, <laughs> Axios has a poll of Iowa voters that said that they favor, they favor Ron DeSantis. However... All the other polls are showing that Trump is pulling away because of the Alvin Bragg case. So start with the rally and then move into what what's going on with voters and uh, DeSantis and Trump. Go ahead.
9: Well, first and foremost, what other politician in the United States of America can attract 15,000 people to attend yep. a rally? Yep. Um, cars lined up for hours, people camping out, um, just wanting to show their support for the president and the witch hunt that is being pursued against him uh, by Alvin Bragg. And, you know, you talk about Ron DeSantis and you talk about his popularity, and yes, he's very popular among the base. He's done a great job in Florida, but do you think Ron DeSantis could go to Waco, Texas and get 15,000 people to show up for him in a rally? Yeah. I don't think so, and this just this just speaks to uh, President Trump's political power within the party. And 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 his gaining, he never really left the scene. So let's just say he's been on the scene since 2016 and he's been a fighter for the American public and people see. The injustice within the Justice Department, you know, Lady Liberty is supposed to be blind. However, she really goes after Trump and Trump supporters, whether you're a parent that wants to protest at a school board meeting and being labeled a domestic terrorist, whether you're somebody who attended the January 6th rally, didn't enter the Capitol, but now are being surveilled by the government for possible prosecution. Uh, The list goes on and on about the weaponization of our federal government against political foes. And Donald Trump is going to be there. He's going to stand up to it. And he's going to win. And you know why he's going to win? Because he's won before. He's he, he's had a special counsel against him. What is against, the point? Um, no crush occlusion.
1: What is the point of Ronda What is the point of Rhonda? I, I want to know what is the point of Ronda Because uh, <laughs> is anybody on in the Republican Party saying they don't like Trump's policies? The only thing that people in the Republican Party are saying is he says mean stuff. He says mean stuff. And the Democrat Party is creating crimes after seven years, still creating. Crimes to take him down. So, what is the point, uh, other than possibly self aggrandizement, of Ron DeSantis running against Donald Trump, who he wholeheartedly uh, endorsed? Donald Trump wholeheartedly endorsed Ron DeSantis, effectively making him the governor of Florida. What's the point?
9: Well, Ron, electability, right? Because. The base loves Trump, but the general populace, not so much. He also energizes the left to come out and vote against him. So Ron DeSantis is going to run a campaign on electability. I am Donald Trump light. I am not as abrasive, as offensive as him. I'm more disciplined than him, but I still will maintain his policies and see them through. So vote for me. The problem with Ron DeSantis is a governor of Florida, and has he done a great job for the state? Yes, but he is unproven in the national spotlight, and he also has no record of foreign policy whatsoever. So he has a, he, there's a big risk for him, and he has been wilting in the spotlight, I, I, I will say, for the last two weeks. When the spotlight comes on Ron DeSantis, he doesn't know who he is, what he stands for. He wants to be everything to everybody, and he's inauthentic.
1: Well, let me uh, let me ask you this uh, with regard to Ron DeSantis. um, You know, I saw another story this morning I've been talking about and a lot of uh, apparently I'm hearing a lot of things. DeSantis donors are saying you should sit this one out. Now, the reason I think I lean in that direction, I'm a Trump fan. And I think yeah. many Trump voters know in their hearts the FBI interfered in the 2016 election to try to throw it. Then they succeeded in 2020, and they're still. And the FBI still going after Trump. They raided Mar-a-Lago before the midterms. It's nonstop against Trump supporters. And I think people, they want some of that uh, that retribution that Donald Trump talks about. They know that dismantling the deep state is a big thing. They know holding people accountable for the malfeasance and the nonsense of COVID. People need to be held accountable. And also, I'm going to mention this. There is a lot of talk that people are beginning to think that DeSantis is more of an establishment candidate. For instance, when he was on stage, I I think when he got the the, the, uh, nomination... uh, uh, but but uh, Jeb Bush on stage with him. And if there is any hint and if that grows, that Ron DeSantis is somehow connected to the Bushes, connected to, uh, you know, the, the Republican establishment, that's going to really ruin it for him. What do you think?
9: I think authentic, authenticity matters. Right. Donald Trump is unabashedly Donald Trump each and every time he comes on the stage or addresses the American public. His opinions don't change. His narrative doesn't change. He is going to fight for you. What we've seen in the last two weeks with Ron DeSantis is his narrative changing, almost like he's poll testing it. Um, he Like he's a sailboat going with the wind. What do, the, what do people want for me? And I don't really hold any firm you know, values and this came up with Ukraine, where he gave a very bold I agreed with his statement that he gave Tucker Carlson, but then he walked it back with Piers Morgan two days later in another interview. And then he went on Newsmax with Eric Bowling and then came out similar to his his position when he had it with Tucker Carlson. He's speaking to the audience. He's speaking to them words that he thinks that they want to hear, but that's not being authentic. And this is a huge issue. Ukraine is a huge issue that a president, the next, whoever's the next president of the United States is, it's not going away. It's something that needs to be tackled. And it's something that Ron DeSantis, who's painted himself as such a woke warrior, standing up to everyone and having firm opinions, should have a firm opinion about. But he doesn't seem to have one. And it looks as though he's looking at the political class to tell him what to do do and how to act in the donor class like if i if i say this i'm not going to get your donation so i'll walk it back and i'll say something else the next day so i'll get your donation but then it, it all is too political and it is a little reminiscent of jeb bush
1: uh, Kelly, we can't uh, do this again. I mean, we can't have another Bushite in the, in the White House. I mean, you should look at right now how massively corrupt this federal government is, in, in every way, shape, or form. And I've done extensive research on uh, on uh, the Stanford Virality Project, the uh, the shutdown of free speech, the expansive expansion of the uh, the DHS, the abuse of the FBI, the January the sixth scam, uh, all of that. And and people don't want more of it. And people are going to want uh, answers. To that. And another thing, you'll notice in Trump's speech, there's no cut and dried. He says, I'm going to end World War III before it starts, and I'm going to end the Ukraine Russia war. And you know what? People believe it because he did everything he said he was going to do in the first term. And now I think he would come back to the White House even stronger, knowing who his enemies really are in D.C. And that is a gigantic advantage to turning things around. And
9: that is a gigantic advantage over Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis can wait this one out, right? He is the governor of Florida. The people of Florida love him. Does he really want to get bruised and battered in a Republican primary where he's going against Trump, the man that he's basically crafted his political image to reflect? Um, if, If you can have the original, why do you want a one-off, who hasn't proven himself on the world stage. When Trump was in office, we didn't have any wars. We didn't have the aggression like we're seeing out of China, out of North Korea, out of Iran. We didn't have the chaos in Israel. We were harboring the Abraham Peace Accords. So we know the world of which Trump presided over for four years. We know he did his best to drain the swamp. Did he do it entirely? Absolutely not. Was he a newcomer to the office? Absolutely. But the advantage this time around is he knows what to do, what personnel, the staff, and to go after these bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. that are against change, that are against the wishes of the American populace and drain them. and and dismantle You know, a lot within the FBI, a lot within the DOJ, a lot within the Department of Education, and get this country back on the right track.
1: Talking to uh, Kelly Sadler, Commentary Editor for the Washington Times. Uh, You know, the the thing that I will give Trump props to, and one of the really deciding factors other than I don't know, the 2020 election was stolen. Did I say that out loud? Yeah, because I've been saying it since it was (laughs) stolen. Uh, That said, um, he did some things that no other Republican has done, and we've had 50 years, and I'm not meaning to disparage Ronald Reagan uh, because that is a sin and I respect Ronald Reagan. I thought he was a great president. But all of the presidents of the last 50 years said they were going to get rid of Roe v. Wade, said they were going to make Jerusalem the capital of Israel. None of them did it but Donald Trump. And he is, and and listen, if you want perpetually broken Washington, we're going to do it this time and then when election happens, it not happening, vote for somebody else. But with Donald Trump, I believe, with Israel and abortion, dear God in heaven, do you need more evidence?
9: Absolutely. He did controversial things that Washington, D.C., establishment, that politicians thought could never be possible. Like you said, uh, making Jerusalem the capital of Israel. The sky was going to fall when that declaration came down. Guess what? It didn't fall. He got us out of the Iran nuclear accords. He got us out of the Paris um, climate accord, which, you know, brought on, you know, American energy dominance. He actually did build the wall. I am sorry. Mm-hmm. And he made Mexico pay for it by the tariffs he was invoking on Mexico. So I, you know, he reestablished the, the, he really redefined the Republican party. And I don't think the establishment folks within the Republican party have recognized that yet.
1: Let me ask you this, uh, Kelly. Um, I feel that if the RNC puts their elbow on the scale for DeSantis or somebody other Trump, and it becomes clear that they are working against Donald Trump, that Trump voters will either sit out or say, screw it, we're going to start the MAGA party. What do you think?
9: I believe that, and and you've already seen touches of this with Fox News, for example, and all of Rupert Murdoch's uh, owned, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, and fox news they're totally on the desantis train they think that they can manipulate the american voter to believe that ron desantis is the candidate that needs to happen for the republican party voters are smart voters understand what it was like to live four years under the trump administration now were there tweets that they didn't like yes was there constant battles of course that they didn't like yes but was there peace was there prosperity Absolutely, yes. And comparing that to Joe Biden's years, I mean, two years in office, and it, the world is a much different scene than it was when President Trump was there. So I think that voters are smart and they'll recognize this. And if the RNC wants to, you know, put their weight on the scales, voters saw, saw that in 2016, right? They saw that in 2016. They'll rebel against it. And, you know, it will drive them more into the Trump camp.
1: Uh, 30 seconds remaining. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with Alvin Bragg in the case in New York?
9: You know what? I don't know. And I wish I could tell you with like I definitiveness, yeah. Like I, I think that it, last week I would have said that President Trump is definitely going to be indicted. This week, I'm not so sure the fact that yeah. it's delayed the grand jury and there's a lot of prominent Democrats now speaking out against the case saying it's kind yeah. of weak, it looks political, and that there's other ways to get Trump.
1: Kelly, great having you on. Let's do this again. Uh, commentary editor for The Washington Times. I check out The Washington Times every single day. Also, you're on Newsmax as well and on Twitter at Kelly Riddle. Uh, R-I-D-D-E-L-L. Kelly, have a glorious day and a glorious week, okay? You too, Rob. Thanks so much. All right, let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show.
0: If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. Coming
1: up, uh, Bill Maher on uh, TikTok. And, uh, yeah, if your kids are on TikTok, you might want to have a little talk with them, a talk with them <laughs> about that. So that is uh, coming up. i, I got to get to this, uh, this story of the TSA agent accidentally grabbing a trans woman's testicles. And uh, I think I'm going to have to do my, uh, what is it, gender, yeah, gender confusion. Gender confusion. What is
0: my gender today? Hey, hey. Gender
6: confusion.
1: So, a trans woman. Elementary school students about gender identity. A trans woman was uh, left sobbing at JFK Airport after a TSA, quote, uh, hit her in the testicles. She used the B word for testicles, by the way. Uh, Apparently, she was humiliated in front of everyone in a series of posts that have since been deleted, by the way. Uh, She posted them and they were shared on the Daily Mail, not pictures of her testicles. Her testicles. Her testicles. So anyway, this, uh, this transgender individual uh, says that the uh, airport official punched me in the genitalia. In the genitalia. Genitalia. Could be both. I would have no idea. Uh, yelled at me for having a penis. Sure. And humiliated me in front of everyone as I told her to stop. And then she uh, captioned a photo of her crying in the airport bathroom, uh, in the women's room, actually. And uh, the woman said that a TSA agent followed me into the woman's bathroom, began talking to me uh, to a co worker while I sobbed in the stall. Uh, you know, I think we need a double bump on this one. Here. You know, you got to think about this. You got somebody coming into the airport identifying as a uh, you know a, a woman looking like a woman and you go through the scanner where you hold up the air your your arms in the air so you're uh, you know exposing yourself naked to the TSA agent isn't that nice isn't that great yeah every time we go you got to hold your arms in the air so they can look at your junk yeah, really nice. This is where we are in America today, but anyway, uh, you got to—you can't blame the woman for seeing a woman and going okay, and then seeing the brda brda, the the twigs and berries, and doing the crying game kind of reaction. Like you know, I don't hate you or anything, but geez, uh, you kind of took me by surprise. I had no idea you were packing, if you know what I mean. Uh, and by the way, this this person—it uh, appears that it looks like—is uh, 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 dying to get attention, kind of like Dylan Mulvaney just kind of driven by that. Uh, she doesn't want the TSA agent to be uh, fired, she said in a separate post, but wanted her educated and the entirety of the TSA abolished altogether. So all she wants all she wants to do is dance. Uh, she does not want the TSA agent to be fired, but she does want the TSA abolished. So I don't want the one TSA agent fired. I want them all fired. <laughs> Honestly. It's just you know. Listen, if I saw uh, Caitlyn Jenner, my producer at the time showed me the Vanity Fair cover, and all I saw was a fairly attractive older woman, and uh, then I find out that's uh, Caitlyn Jenner. I don't hate Caitlyn Jenner, but I went, ah, you know. So can you uh, can you blame me? Uh, real quick before we go to break, let's go to Daniel in California. He wants to talk about Trump and DeSantis. Daniel got about forty five seconds. Go right ahead. Hello. Hello? Yeah, Daniel, go right ahead, my friend.
10: Um, I wanted to give you feedback on your show. Uh, yes. I was a longtime Rush Limbaugh listener, and uh, I found you on Newsmax, and I have to tell you uh, it's a pleasure talking to you and that uh, I do truly uh, enjoy your show. One Thank thing you. that we missed so much about Rush was he would always put a little bit of humor into it, yes. and it's great to, to you know be able to laugh a little bit with yeah. everything that's going on
1: all right real and quick on Trump to goes- santis uh,
10: well we're talking about your show
1: oh yes 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 yes
10: and uh, how good how good your um uh, how, how nice it is to have a little bit of a laugh you know in between you know to find the humor in
1: uh, well, daniel so- daniel i appreciate it we have a hard break and i apologize for that thanks for the feedback and feel free to call anytime this is the rob carson show one of the ongoing uh, questions I asked today is, you know, we've been on the air for about a year and four months. Wildly popular uh, show. And we've been asking, what do you like about the show? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? Generally, on the negative side, people say, I uh, I occasionally talk too fast. I know. I get it. I get it. I, and I can ask you to listen uh, faster. But uh, I, I get that. I, I understand. And then occasionally, you know, uh, I might cut a collar off. Uh, And generally, that's only up to, uh, there are two ways that I cut callers off. One of them is uh, if it's coming up to a hard break. And the other one is if they're spewing absolute nonsense and become combative. And then nobody wants to hear that. So I'll just say, okay, you know, call later. Bye-bye-bye. So we're trying to do those things. But if you, if you want to uh, chime in, please, 800-922-6680. Uh, I like to say that we follow in Rush Limbaugh's steps, but we'll never fill his shoes. And it's just the way it is. So uh, your, your feedback is welcome. We do have an email, by the way. Uh, it is Carson at Newsmax.com. Carson at Newsmax.com. So I try to get this. A couple of things here. Um, U.S. economy expected to fall in recession uh, later this year. 58% of economists said the economy is going to be in a recession uh, very soon. 20 said, 24% said they expect the recession to begin in the third quarter of this year. 16% said they expect to see the recession beginning in the second quarter. Um, you know what? I think we're already in one, just to be honest. I'm just going to say we. I believe we're already in one. Uh, and, and honestly, even if we were in a recession, the federal government would never acknowledge it, like they did last year. We had two quarters of negative economic growth, and that is the definition of a recession. And the news media uh, and, of course, the Democrat Party in the deep state said, no, 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 uh, we changed the rules. So uh, I think we're already in it. Eh, take it for what it's worth. Also, this note, uh, apparently Elon Musk has put out a notice at 2.30 in the morning message. They said basically, uh, get your butt to work. That's what he says. The order was contained in a memo in uh, Twitter staff issued at 2.30 a.m. And it basically said that uh, uh, you got to come in. Uh, Working in the office is not optional. And he noted that the San Francisco building was nearly half empty yesterday. So there's a lot of this going on around the country. Uh, uh, still a lot of federal workers not, uh, not uh, in the office. And as far as I'm concerned, if you have an office, you need to be in the office. All right? And, and from somebody who works at home, and I do work at home. I built this glorious studio uh, by myself, by the way, except for hanging the lights. And, uh, and I miss uh, interacting with people. And I, I like Going to the office. If you could do a hybrid, like home a couple days, and then go to the office. Because I like people. I like to go to the office. And I also don't think you're able to get the same amount of work, the same kind of connection with other workers in a Zoom call. That's just the way it is. Being there in person, I think, is important. And if your boss says, you need to come to work, uh, you come to work, or... They fire you. That's it. Oh, and by the way, even uh, even Apple is using uh, tracking employee attendance via badge cards. And they're going to give employees escalating warnings warnings if they don't come in uh, at least three times a week. So apparently the, uh, the butt is off that roast. Uh, you know, and, and I – this is funny. So I work at home. Generally, I'll come in, I'll do my talk. And about every other break, I'll get up and go out just to, you know, walk around because I don't like sitting for four hours or three hours on top of the six hours before the show that I do show prep. And I'll, you know, let the dogs out, uh, do things like that. And uh, and then, you know, deal with some of the stuff that I have to deal with at home. Like we, we got a dog that apparently is uh, probably in her last legs. We've had to deal with that this weekend, wondering if we're going to have to take her in. And uh, so you know, you got you got that you got that going. And then my daughter, just off the off the topic, we got she's got hamsters, right? She's got two hamsters, and she brings home this hamster from school named Rye, who I never thought I could love a rodent, but I really love this. But the other hamster had a, a, a an abscess that burst this morning, and now my daughter wants me to take a stupid rodent to the vet and spend money on a vet for a hamster. What really? So anyway, there are some benefits, by the way, to uh, working in the office and not being at home all the time. <laughs> Before we get into the TikTok stuff, let's talk to you where Rick in Lutherville, Maryland. Hello, Rick. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Hello, Rick. How are you, my friend? Is Rick
5: there?
8: Is Rick there? Yeah. Okay. Hi, Rick. How are you doing, buddy? Go ahead. All right. So, um... I'm going to tell you what I don't like about the show. Okay, okay go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I don't like the parodies. Not. I don't have anything against the guy that writes them. I just don't like them. And and when Rush had them, I didn't like them on this show.
1: Well, uh, I wrote I wrote most of those, so I guess there's no satisfying that complaint. But go ahead.
8: <laughs> well, another thing, and this is from day one when you mentioned that you wrote humor for for Rush. It's like, I'm listening to you, and it's like, I'm pleased that don't hang up on me, but it's like you're trying to ride his coattails, and it's like, no,
5: nah, that ain't let me ask you.
1: Let me, let me ask you this, Rick. If, uh, if you came to the radio to do a talk show, and you had a deep uh, history with the most powerful and popular talk show host in America, don't you suppose you'd mention that during your show?
8: I might mention it, maybe the first one or two days that the show was new on the air. But when you keep on mentioning it, it's like I think you're just trying to ride his coattails. And no disrespect to you or him. And you know, he's... I say this to you respectfully because, well, of course, of course, I do listen every day. Um, but here's the thing: when it comes to humor, uh, when you have Barbara on, I love Barbara. And uh, the one phone call you had with her uh, will remain in my memory forever when she said members of her own family call her a white supremacist. I thought that humor was over the top.
7: I know,
1: I get it, I get it. Well, Rick, I, I do appreciate your uh, your comments, and, and I do, and I and I'm I'm not here to shoot you down. Some people are going to agree, some people are going to disagree. I uh, I always have made a point with humor. I'm going to continue doing that. Some people will love the satire, some people will not. I don't think you don't understand humor. It's just not your brand of humor.
8: Uh, well, as well, far as look, look, Rob, here's the thing. I'm saying all this respectfully to you. I'm gonna... mm-hmm. Certainly I'm going to continue to listen, Yeah, and if uh, there's ever anything you say that I really disagree with you, I'm going to tell your uh, call screener, put me directly through to Rob. I need to talk to him. Well, Rick, Rick,
1: hey, man, and I appreciate it. One of the reasons why I bring up my connection to the Rush Limbaugh program is because I think it's important. Uh, I think corporate radio tried to erase the memory of Rush Limbaugh as soon as he died uh... and that really was upsetting to me because i worked with kit carson and johnny donovan for a very long time and a lot of people were just kind of left hanging uh, like, you know, if you listen to a show for 30 years, and there are some people who listen to a show 30 years, millennials who've listened to it for 10, Gen X who's listened to it for 20 years every single day, and all of a sudden it's gone and we're supposed to forget it. So I have well, uh, brought, up, brought up my connection to the show because I think it means a lot to his fans to know at least some of that humor and there's some connection uh, still in talk radio. That's why I bring it up, Rick.
8: Okay, Rob, point well taken. You have a all good right. day, Hey, brother, thanks for the
1: phone call. I do appreciate it. Let's talk about TikTok. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok,
8: TikTok, TikTok. So AOC,
1: this is kind of funny. AOC decided to uh, open a TikTok account after we found out last week during a hearing featuring the uh, CEO of TikTok that it's actually a tool of the Chinese Communist Party. So what does AOC do? She defends it. Here's a little bit of AOC. Hey,
9: everyone. This is Rep AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and this is my first TikTok. Now... This is not only my first TikTok, but it is a TikTok about TikTok. Now, this week, the CEO of TikTok came and testified before Congress as there is...
1: You know, I'm not going to play any more of her comments. I'm just going to say she came out in favor of TikTok. Because if I subjected her voice, you're going to lose IQ points. All right? And if you're a Democrat, you can't afford to. But I thought it was kind of interesting. After uh, we covered extensively the CEO of TikTok... Talking about that is it's used. Uh, the CCP can actually alter content, and by the way, mine all of the data on your phone. And by the way, the federal government literally is saying, uh, well, no government employees can have TikTok. So I would say that it's fairly clear that uh, TikTok is a is spyware from the Chinese Communist Party. Can we agree on that? So, of course, AOC comes out and defends communist China, which is ridiculous. I was watching Bill Maher, and I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, Saturday night, I was on uh, before the Trump Ally Newsmax, and I said, there are some things that can bring us together in this country. Even though we're liberal, even though we're conservative, in, even though we're Democrat, even though we're Republican, some things can bring us together, like common sense like the direction of the country. 72% of us feel the country's headed in the wrong direction. And I think that we can come together on these things, and that's why I'm seeing people like Bill Maher and uh, Russell Brand literally spewing, uh, essentially, conservative talking points about the direction of the country. Well, uh, Bill Maher was talking about TikTok, and he had a guy named Scott Galloway, who presumably is a... Libertarian or possibly
5: Democrat talking
1: about TikTok and
5: stating the obvious. And I think this is fascinating, even if you don't know a lot about TikTok. Well, imagine a brain jack uh, inserted into the neural network of two thirds of our youth under the age of 25 who spend more time on TikTok than every other media source combined. Yes. And then imagine how easy it would be to put your thumb on the scale of anti American content Ah. and recognize that they would be stupid not to elegantly. Insidiously, covertly, raise a generation of American civic, nonprofit, military, and government leaders who, day by day, minute by minute, just feel a little shier about America. Uh-huh. If we had that tool in China, we would do the exact same thing. This is a defense threat; it should absolutely be banned. We can't have. Uh, what? Can't have this. What?
1: That is Bill Maher's fluffed leftist audience applauding, getting rid of TikTok. Here's a little bit more from this guy, uh, Scott Galloway. I think it's fascinating.
5: Um, you have essentially with TikTok the most powerful propaganda tool in history. It's the most ascendant platform in history. It's gone from 600 million to 6 billion. And the wow. wonderful thing about America is our optimism. But the Achilles heel of that is that we're much easier to fool than convince we've been fooled. Yeah. And if you look at age and how people feel about America, it's inversely correlated. And the negativity around America is positively correlated with consumption of social media and TikTok. Yes. And you can't lay this at the feet of all media or social media or TikTok. But what you can say is it's not incumbent upon us to prove that they're not doing. It's incumbent upon them to prove that they're not doing
1: it. Amen. Unbelievable. And then also there's this. And I said on this story list last week. This is a Breitbart story. It takes 10 minutes after creating an account on China's TikTok app for the platform's algorithm to begin pushing suicide videos to 13-year-olds. Did you hear what I just said? The Chinese app's recommendation algorithm is so advanced that within 10 minutes it will start pushing suicide videos if the young TikTok user suggests he's sexually frustrated. And who isn't when they're 13? I speak from experience. The researchers set up 9 different TikTok accounts and listed their ages 13, the youngest users can join the platform. Then they mimicked uh, someone who uh, referred to as incels or involuntary celibates, which is an online community of young men who formed a bond around their lack of sexual success with women minutes later the researchers found after viewing just 10 minutes 10 videos having to do with incel related topics tiktok accounts were filled with content suggesting suicide Uh uh-huh yeah, and here is uh, Bill Maher, the ultimate liberal, saying that uh, this is one of the things that could bring us all together as Americans. To not be naive about China, really,
2: are they doing it? or Of course they're doing it, yeah. because what? they're the yeah. country that puts the Uyghurs in camps. They're uh. the country that locks you in your apartment. Yeah. If you had COVID, they did crazy things. Yeah. They, it's a presidential wow. life, it's a surveillance state. It's, yeah. it's, 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 and you know, I saw there's one Congressman, Bowman of New York, who said, this is all of this is wrong because it's racist. This this crazy card that they play. Some people that you can't criticize China, the new Islam. You can't <laughs> criticize any human rights violations because it
5: makes you racist. Right? Yeah. The conversation is so 8 months ago when I said it should be banned on this show I was called a jingoist and a racist. Yeah. It's totally the conversation's pivoted 180. When
1: you get called a racist, it means the other side is losing the argument.
5: C-SPAN yesterday was this alien network where Democrats and Republicans were agreeing. There's more unity. What? There's more unity in Congress now around this. Yes. People are more threatened by TikTok than Russian troops pouring over the border in Ukraine. I've never seen this kind of unity. By Absolutely.
1: Way. These are the things that can bring us together. That's why 2023, we need to pivot away from nonsense and back to common sense. See? Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show.
0: We all know America is headed in the wrong direction. It's time to grab the wheel. It's The Rob Carson Show.
1: (laughs) Did you see Ted Nugent do the uh, Star Spangled Banner instrumental before the uh, Trump rally? Pretty, uh, pretty wild. A heck of a rally this weekend, and uh, they're only going to get bigger. This one in Waco, Texas, by the way. And it was carried by uh, Newsmax, and it was just uh, a real uh, thrill to be back on, um, on DirecTV on Channel 349. Makes it easy, and uh, I'll be very interested to see the uh, ratings. I, I will mention, and I mentioned earlier, that uh, DirecTV was uh, <clears throat> booted from, uh, or, or Newsmax was booted from DirecTV, as was AOAN. And then there was just Fox remaining. And uh, then we started hearing Fox was kind of pivoting away from Trump, really carrying the torch for Ron DeSantis, and that's quite evident. But then over the weekend, after after Newsmax was back and, and the Trump rally was covered, and the numbers will be gigantic, by the way, for Newsmax, it just will. They'll be probably twice of what the normal rating for, like, Jimmy Kimmel's show is. On a Saturday night. That's just the way it'll be. Overall, with five million people probably, and uh, and so all of a sudden over the weekend, uh, Fox started running promos for the exclusive sit down with uh, with uh, Sean Hannity of uh, Donald Trump. I thought that was kind of uh, kind of interesting, and you know, uh, it, it, it's it's. It's it's I know we're on I know we're on Fox's radar. That's all I'll say. We, I know we're on Fox's radar. So and then I, I was uh, privileged enough to do some commentary before his show. And then if you had a chance, you saw my TV show after, which is called Rob Carson's What in the World. And I think the numbers are going to be huge for that show as well. Uh, by the way, um, in case you've heard during the news segments, uh, Nashville school shooting: six killed altogether. Uh, this uh, three kids and three adults were killed in the attack. The shooter was a female. And I haven't brought this up because I don't like to speculate while the bodies are still warm. I'm sure that the Democrat Party is doing its level best to find out, uh, you know, what kind of gun was being used so they can ban it. Uh, I'm not going to go there. And I'll just go ahead and say, yeah, thoughts and prayers. Of course, thoughts and prayers. Of course, thoughts and prayers. And also for the victims of the tornado in Mississippi. Unbelievable. Unbelievable damage there. Uh, I've got some audio, if I can get to it, in the next segment of uh, people who uh, saved themselves by going into a walk-in freezer. Unbelievable. And another couple that lost their lives when the tractor trailer was lifted beside their house onto the house. Can you imagine the amount of power from wind? That has to happen when that happens. But first let's go to a couple of phone calls. And we want to go to Sophia first. Is that where we're going? Sophia. Hello, Hi, Sophia. How are you, sir? I'm glorious. What's up? Good, good, good.
11: Um, I started listening to you and called in the first day you were on W C B N so I'm a I'm an avid listener and I like the show. Um, if you're a fast talker, I don't have a problem with that because I'm a fast talker Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm a fast listener. So how, how do you like that? I
1: love it. Um, I, I love it, Sophia. But sometimes I do come in with uh, both guns blaring and I need to kind of <laughs> give instead of kicking the door down, I need to ring the doorbell and then yes, come in. That's right. OK, go ahead. Go ahead.
11: And uh, I, I would love to see a Trump DeSantis ticket. And Mr. Trump, if you're listening, Ron DeSantis is not the enemy. So yeah. Um, yeah, make him your friend, and because you may be working closely together in 2023 or 2024. And I would really like for the Republicans, because this kind of gets my goat, like that idiot Hakeem Jeffries when he calls us um, MAGA, extreme, right-wing, uh, you know, yeah. whatever. I would like to have Republicans refer to the Democrats as Mada left-wing progressive extremists and mada means make america dependent again all right I'd really like to see that
1: happening, too. All right. Thanks for the call, Sophie. I do appreciate it. Yeah, I would like to see Trump and DeSantis put this petty bickering away. I think it would go a long way toward uniting people uh, against our common enemy, which just happens to be in the deep state. And then there's China, and then there's Russia. But we have a lot of enemies within who want to take down America. And I think together, DeSantis 28, Trump 2024, uh, a united front we can turn the country around seriously from the break more on this and much more on the other side of this break this is the rob carson show
0: driving snowflakes and candy aisle kids crazier every day it's the rob carson show
1: it is the rob carson show digital blackface Apparently, did you hear about this? Uh, using a meme or no, a GIF. It's a GIF. It's a GIF that keeps on giving. A GIF, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, a little video uh, that uh, generally uh, do, do they have audio? Generally, not really. And and apparently, if you take a uh, like a GIF of uh, RuPaul saying "girl." Uh, That's racist. That's digital blackface. Or uh, uh, apparently there's one going around of uh, Michael Jordan crying. I don't know. Tyra Banks exploding in anger on America's Next Top Model. That apparently is digital blackface. So this is yet another attempt to uh, marginalize black people by the left. And it is. It is. you got to think about the, the many ways, the myriad ways that the, uh, the Democrat Party is uh, using race to divide us, using CRT to make black people hate white people. And if, if there are any failings in your life, it's not your fault. It's how the uh, you know it's how the government government was founded, it's slavery, it's all of this and it's never any amount of uh, personal responsibility. It's always on whitey. And you know whatever. Uh, I got to tell you all of my biological relatives, came here after the uh, the 20th century Uh, none of them were Confederates Uh, and I venture to say that those who for instance want to do reparations where uh, white people who never owned slaves pay money to uh, black people who never were slaves uh, I would say that uh, only people who are descendants of uh, Confederates leaders uh, citizens soldiers and Democrats that's it because Democrat Party was the party of slavery Jim Crow, the KKK, Planned Parenthood, uh, and the Great Society, which wrecked the black nuclear family. But anyway, a digital blackface is a practice where white people co-opt online expressions of black imagery, slang, catchphrases, catchphrases, or culture to convey comic relief or express emotions. These expressions, which one commentator calls racialized reactions, are mainstays in Twitter feeds, TikTok videos, and Instagram reels, and are among the most popular internet memes. Did you ever think that maybe people do it cuz they admire the people in them and they think they're funny? How about that? How about that? Digital blackface involves white people play acting at being black, says Lauren Michael Jackson, or Michelle Jackson, an author and cultural critic in an essay for Teen Vogue, which shows that, (laughs) I mean, what a child this man, Uh, man, uh, woman, woman writes for Teen Vogue, an adult who writes for Teen vote, which, by the way, is a leftist rag that destroys the lives of young girls, pollutes their brain with a bunch of nonsense. Uh, anyway, this person says the Internet thrives on white people laughing at exaggerated displays of blackness, reflecting a tendency among some to see black people as walking hyperbole. No, actually, uh, you, people just use the memes because it's kind of funny, and sometimes they're funny. And there are a lot of white people, there are a lot of white people uh, uh, gifts that people use. This is all nonsense, and, and consequently, they're being shredded, shredded on social media. Uh, there's uh, uh, on <laughs> on Twitter. It says here, uh, "Hey, uh, how about shut the bleep up? How about that?" Um... And then, uh, then uh, by the way, within eight hours of that tweet about uh, uh, digital blackface, they had ten point six million views, fifty three hundred likes, and tens of thousands of sarcastic responses. So maybe we're beyond this this idiocy. What what is honestly on campuses? They're doing separate dorms. They're doing separate graduations. They're doing uh, 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 separate classes. Uh, and I can go on and on and on, and all that the left does when they do that, further marginalize people of color. Uh, I don't think it helps anybody to uh, have this mindset that everybody's out to get me, everybody hates me, I have no chance of succeeding. And there's a woman actually in Minnesota who uh, testified, uh, she is a uh, black mother, and uh, she went to speak about uh, CRT and this nonsense in schools, and here's what she had to say, which will pretty much kind of match what I say about uh, CRT and the division of, uh, of our children with regard to race.
12: This bill requires that schools teach ethnic studies starting in kindergarten, and I'm against this. You might ask why in the world would a black person speak against ethnic studies? Because not everything that sounds good is good. The definition of ethnic studies right there in the statute, says that there's a connection between a person's race and their stratification. The bill tells kids of color that they are stuck in a caste system based on their race. It also tells kids, and I quote, that institutions chronically favor white people and disadvantage people of color. I'm sick of everyone denying the enormous progress we've made in this country. Now this
1: is what I have said. Whenever you say that the United States is institutionally racist, and you have no chance of succeeding, you are insulting the memory of the greatest people of color to ever walk on the planet. And I'm talking about scientists. I'm talking about jurists. We had a black president. Did you forget about that for eight years? Elected twice, by the way. Yeah, we must be a horribly racist country. You forget people like Ella Fitzgerald. And you forget people like James Brown. And you forget uh, people like uh, uh, historical uh, figures, uh, scientists, and whatnot. It's an insult to all of the greatness. And by the way, those people are celebrated by all of us. All of us, I mean, where is the um, uh, Wilma Rudolph of Nigeria? Where is the Martin Luther King Jr. of, uh, of Ukraine? Ha, ha, how about that? Has anybody seen a black Ukrainian? Just thought I'd ask. I don't think I've seen any black Ukrainians. Anybody? Anybody in the footage you've seen? Anybody seen a single black Ukrainian? no. There's reasons for that. You have to look at the politics of the guys in charge to figure that one out. Here's a little bit more from this uh, mother. Her name is Kofi Muntka or Muntzka.
12: Acting like it's 1930. We used to have a race-based system. We got rid of it, and now you're all trying to bring it back. This curriculum will not help kids of color succeed. All it does is remove any reason to try. And I repeat that. It removes any reason to try. Yeah,
1: and you look at... All of the other ways that uh, young kids of color are being uh, harmed, uh, particularly inner city, I've been talking about this forever, the national murder rate, black-on-black violence, 13 times the national average. In places like Baltimore, uh, downtown Baltimore, kids go down. Uh, black kids, they go down and they, they stop cars at intersections and squeegee their windshields for, uh, for some sort of a tip and it's it's one driver was actually shot uh, because of that a few months back. But uh, what kind of future is that? When, when literally you have the same thing that happens when you cross the border into Tijuana, you got kids selling chiclets. That's the fate of our kids in America's inner cities if you're a kid of color. And if you don't go that direction, then you're going you're to become a gang member. If you don't go that direction, you're going to have children uh, out of wedlock. You don't go that direction, you're going to drop out of school. I mean, whatever. You've you got literally 23 high schools in Baltimore. No kids proficient in math or reading. Uh, enough of all these distractions enough of this nonsense about crt let's focus on the cultural and societal issues that are affecting these people and then let's work with uh, and actually put some people in charge who will do something about it rather than just promise every election they're going to do something about it while another another generation of kids goes to hell in a handbasket how about that how about that Just, I get so fed up with this. And then you've got the New York Teachers Union hosting a seminar on the harmful effects of whiteness. What does that mean? Sunburn. I mean, honestly, uh, maybe the uh, possible skin cancer later in life, freckling. Really, what, what's the, the harmful effects of whiteness? Well, a racist seminar from the United Federation of Teachers is entitled Holding the Weight of Whiteness and will take place virtually March 27th. The course is about cultural humanity and inclusion. It will allow us to discuss how whiteness relates to privilege and identity and how both become normalized and invisible. And no, they're all made up. They've all been made up. All of this nonsense and division has all been made up. It's a made-up crisis. Is there racism in the country? Oh, hell yeah. On both sides of the equation. There's black people who hate white people. There's black people that hate uh, Jewish people. There are black people that hate Asian people. There are white people who hate Jewish people. And and you know what? You're never going to get that out of people. But as far as we are more racist than ever, are you out of your nut when you consider that the greatest, most historical people of color in the world, in history, come nearly exclusively from the United States? When you look at the, the names that everyone knows and their impact on society, you can look, yes, of course, uh, other people of color around the world have become famous and influential. But I would venture to say that the United States kind of leads the pack, right? 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 Let's go to uh, Raul in Davenport, California. Raul, how are you, my friend? Hey, Rob. Uh, listen,
10: their, their version of uh, inclusiveness should be re- redefined as exclusiveness. There's, no, there's nothing inclusive about it. No. Um, as far as Donald Trump and DeSantos, I'm going to play the odds on this. And I'm gambling the American people are tired of 80-year-old white men. I think they're looking for a new Robert or uh, John F. Kennedy. They're looking for a fresh new, young face that can draw with them crossover votes. I think the Sanders probably has more capacity for pulling people on the fringe that are undecided into a conservative uh, perspective. I don't think Donald Trump won either election the popular vote. I'm pretty sure, as I recall, he did not win a popular vote either time. So as a gambler, I'm going to go with my hunch on this that uh, he can't win it a third time if he couldn't win it two times in a row. Now, that's not to say I don't respect and like him, but liking him is not enough. I know you like him, and that doesn't matter to the American people. It's what the American people want.
1: Well, I, I would venture to say that if you think you're speaking for the American people... Uh, I, I don't speak for the American people. I would assume also you don't as well. Uh, as far as Trump is concerned, he won the election uh, with the rules, uh, with the Electoral College in 2016, even though Hillary Clinton literally paid for a Russian dossier to throw the election. And then also the FBI, their general counsel, went and worked for Twitter and shut down the uh, the Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh, also, there was a gigantic amount of election malfeasance. There were five, uh, four hundred and twenty $20 million of Mark Zuckerberg money put into drop boxes. Uh, There were five states that stopped counting the vote on election night, then restarted counting the next day uh, with uh, 90-plus percent of the votes going for Joe Biden. So you you say none of that matters, I guess.
10: Rob, what I say is that those guys do not place their – the Republican Party brings a cream puff to a machete fight. And they're going to not play by fair rules, and you saw the results of those past elections. That doesn't mean it's going to get any easier.
1: Well, who's like the who's guys, the who's the cream puff in the machete fight?
10: The way the Republicans run a campaign, it's soft. They play. They play too. They play nice guy. They play too fair. They're up against people that play dirty and that kick down, kick in the crotch in the in the street fight. And okay. the, the Democrats are not going to put they're two top front runners up against each other and chop each other to bits like we're we're uh, we see is happening we see the inklings of that happening to to donald trump and to mr DeSantos. that's right. not going to be that won't be productive for anybody
1: all right raul i appreciate your phone call and your thoughts um i would venture to say uh, it, uh, that the cream puff thing kind of contradicted uh, what raul had to say about donald trump because he's the opposite of that And I think he's shown, after seven years of constant attacks, that he is anything but. And I would also venture to say that he's the only person who can turn it back. But that's, you know, that's just me. Uh, We've got uh, Daniel, you hold on. Also, Mel, you hold on. We'll try to get to you in the last break of the show. That's coming up next. This is The Rob Carson Show.
0: For all those who are sick and tired of people moving to D.C. and spending their entire lives telling us how to live ours, it's The Rob Carson Show.
1: Come on. Yeah. What about Hank Aaron, Aretha Franklin, Frederick Douglass, Muhammad Ali, Duke Ellington, Louis Armstrong, Thurgood Marshall, Richard Pryor? What about Booker T. Washington, Stevie Wonder, Jesse Owens, Jimi Hendrix, Quincy Jones, Michael Jordan, Harriet Tubman? Every time that you say that institutional racism means that black people cannot succeed, you insult their memory. I grew up with these people as my heroes, and I never thought when I watched Muhammad Ali fight, oh, he's a black guy. I hate him. I always looked at him as an inspiration. Some of the funniest people. Richard Pryor, when I was a kid, was, my, was one of my idols. Bill Cosby was, too. How did that work out? Michael Jordan. Looking forward to that new Mikey, uh, Nike movie that's coming out, too, by the way, because I, I lived it in real time in high school. Uh, so I just think, I think honestly, uh, America's starting to see through all of this nonsense, all of this division. And, uh, and I think we can all come together and save the country, I do. Uh, in the last winning moments of the show, let's go to a couple of phone calls, including Daniel in Baltimore. Hello, Daniel. What's up, my friend? Hello, Rob. Um,
13: First, we have a lot in common. We're the same age. I lived in Missouri. I lived in uh, Kansas City, but on the Missouri side in small uh, suburbs called Gladstone you may be familiar with. Oh, yes. And I also oh, yeah. lived in Carrollton in a small town, really small town, called Bogart on a farm, so I know what it's like to <laughs> shove hay and, and yes. straw, and I prefer straw. It's lighter, and I know what it means to hoe beans at 5 yeah. in the morning.
1: Yeah. Hay, hay bales are a breeze. You could do one in each hand, but uh, but an alfalfa bale, or, or, or straw bales are light, but the alfalfa bales are, geez, Louise.
13: True, true, true. <laughs> yes. um, and then I, I ended up in St. Louis going to medical school, and that's where I uh, discovered um, uh, uh, Rush I listened to him on the first day he came on, April, wow. uh, August 1st, uh, 1988. Yeah. my dad's birthday, so that's why I remember. And I was also a big fan of Johnny Carson, and I'm sure you're aware that he was not just a great <laughs> host. He was also a uh, boxer, liked to drive himself instead of limousine, and one of his favorite meals was Frank and Beans.
1: And why do I use the name Carson? There you because go. Because you were a big fan of Johnny Carson. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, that, I go you ahead. Know,
13: Rob, you're, you're, I, I wish that you had been named... Um, during, the, uh, during the Rush show, I mean, I know Paul got a lot of credit, but I can see the talent you have. Your show has been awesome. Um, I've been listening to you since you started, and um, I, I don't think you're trying to replace Rush at all. I think that you have your own niche, and uh, you're, you're going to be very successful, and you deserve it.
1: Well, thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. And, and every day that I crack the mic, and I do, I do ask myself, not every day, but I say, what would Rush do? No, no, I think about it. I think about it. I don't, I don't change my take, but I do remember how he felt. And I, listen, I, I was a fan. I, I listen every day. I, literally the last 30 years of my life since I started writing for him when I was you know, very young, uh, I, I remember dates in history because of what Rush said about him. I do. I know a lot of people do. So I'm, yeah. I'm going you know, to say, yeah, I wrote for Limbaugh. Why in the hell would I not? Well, of course you should. <laughs> of course. Hey, Daniel, have a glorious day, man. I you appreciate it. Awesome. Let's go to Mel in Saratoga Springs, who he, uh, and of course he is going to say, first and foremost, the the home of horse racing in America. But it's good to hear from you. Mel, how you doing, brother? What's on your mind?
13: Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you for taking my call, my brother, uh, Rob. Yeah, Saratoga yes. Springs is the third horse racing, capital of the world. But anyway, it's a is summer <laughs> place to be. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Ron DeSantis would be Mike Pence part two, and I'm not ready to go down that road. Okay. Because what he had, that those cheap shots that he took at President Trump about Stormy Daniels and a, a, a prostitute payment and this and that, you know, that was all uncalled for. He could have just said, well, you know, this is something I'm going to stay clear of because I have no, I have no uh, evidence as to what took, what took part. But he well, was Mel, there to hey, Mel. President Trump as a VP yes.
1: Let me bring this up. This weekend, uh, I kind of I understand where the animosity came from as far as Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a loyal person. He's a very loyal man. Uh, and right. uh, and and Ron DeSantis uh, thanked Donald Trump uh, and for getting him the governorship, and then uh, floats the idea of running for president and plays along. So Donald Trump feels that there is a degree of betrayal rather than just saying, "Hey, you're right." Donald Trump deserves a second term. Blah blah blah. I'm going to support Trump. So I understand, and he explained that during the. Rally, I I just don't think I think there we need to move on from that and and uh, the, the occasional jab is not bad but I I think it could be destructive I think the two of them need to come together to save the country and I think the best way to yeah. do that is for Trump to run this time DeSantis to support him then Trump uh, endorsed DeSantis in twenty twenty eight and he wins once again
13: well he did he endorsed DeSantis once before and it goes to show you the loyalty there is none he should yeah. just stay out of it said, "President Trump, I appreciate what you've done for me, but I've got nothing nothing to say about this issue."
1: So. Yeah. Hey, Mel, I got to run, brother, We're at the end of the show, but I appreciate you calling today and chiming in. Let's come back and wrap things up. This is the Rob Carson Show. Thanks for joining me today, guys. I greatly appreciate it. Check out the podcast, if you would, and share with others. Go to Newsmax.com slash listen. I appreciate your feedback. You can write me to Carson at Newsmax.com. Have a glorious day, guys. God bless you. Until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. See you then.